Welcome to Navigating Change, the education podcast from Tybal Inc. I'm Pete Wright, and in just a moment, I'll be handing it off to Howard Tybal, coming to us from the floor of the Wakubo Annual Conference in San Francisco. He's joined by the panel of incoming regional presidents from around the country in a conversation in which they share their hopes and insights around the power of a diverse and inclusive association, along with living up to the pressure of the legacy of leaders that have come before them. Before we dig in, however, don't forget to head over to tybalink.com to learn more about our work in education. You can subscribe to the show for free. Just click the blue button and sign up for the mailing list to be notified each time a new episode is released. Thanks again to the regional presidents and to Wakubo for supporting our live podcast event in San Francisco. All right, let's start our second podcast. Like last time, we ha- all have our, our beverage, which is good. You've had an extra, look away, there, they're clicking their glasses, it's all good. So now we have the privilege of talking with the four, at the moment three, incoming presidents of Wakubo. Hopefully the fourth will show up. Show up. We have our first vice president. And by the way, welcome to Navigating Change, the po- our podcast that we do on a weekly basis. So you're going to be memorialized in our podcast. But don't worry about what you say. <laughs> so we have our first vice president, Gene Vock from University of Arizona. We have our second vice president coming, probably hopefully running down from here, Robert Moore from Colorado College, who is not here at the moment, but hopefully will show up. Our third vice president, Arch Asawa from Soka University. And finally, our fourth vice president, Teresa Constantinitis from UCSF. You're inheriting an amazing region. And when you think about serving in this role, whether it's a year from now, two years, three, four, what are you passionate about? What, is, what are you bringing that you care about personally that you consider to be passion? I'm going to give Jean the first opportunity to answer this. Well, the word you said is passion. We all have, I think our, all of us that are involved in this organization are passionate about professional development, networking, and building uh, community um, with, our, with our fellow business officers across the region and nationally as well. So I think that's the number one thing, is that we have a passion for this, we're very interested in it, and we're helping to make it happen. It's very rewarding to see this happen. Talk a little bit about what it's like to step into this role. For you as, as incoming first president, what is it like for you as you think about this next year? Well, it's actually a really exciting time to take over the leadership of Wakubo for a number of reasons. One is um, we're next year, when we're in Seattle, is going to be the 80th year of this organization. It's going to be um, a decade, a milestone. And so with that, it's a great time to take uh, to reflect on looking back and looking forward. So looking back, just uh, this organization has done so much for higher education and for the business officer community over the last almost 80 years now. And next year, we're going to take some time to reflect and celebrate on those that have built it to the, the organization to what it is today. That's really awesome. And so with that, we're going to, you know, the last several years, we've really gotten, um, made, made a lot of progress towards governance. And so my role, my goal next year is for us to just really take that forward. So here's what I want to let people know. So last night at the opening event, <laughs> Jean was sharing her strategy to get business officers to dance. Can you share that with the audience? Because this was impressive. <laughs> well, if I must... A lot of accountants are a little bit less interested in getting out in the dance floor. They like to sit and observe. And so 
I have this strategy. You know, the first thing I do is I talk to the business. I talk to them. I said, okay, you know, the music's kind of fun. They're like, yeah, but we don't dance. And so I said, okay, well, let's go to your debits and credits. And we're, we're talking about debits, credits, right? And then if you start to move forward with that, you can say debits, credits. I see Pam dancing. <laughs> Yeah, debits, credits, and if you start saying it like that before long, you're actually moving your feet along with the beat, and you're saying debits and credits, and then eventually we'll go to T accounts. You know, it's really exciting. That's awesome. So I'm going to give you a chance to sort of, from your perspective, as you think about this idea of the work being a trust, right? It's what Condoleezza Rice shared, right? It's not a profession, it's not a job, but a trust. What does that mean to you? I loved hearing Condoleezza Rice today. She had some really great insights. I've worked in a number of in industries. I worked in uh, as a CPA in, a, in, a, in doing tax accounting. I've done auditing. Um, I've worked in a def at a defense contractor, and I've worked at a, a software consulting firm, a, a financial software consulting firm. And I got to tell you that. When I put my arms around higher education, it's a really warm and fuzzy feeling. We're creating the next generation of educated students. It's really rewarding. I got to tell you, when I was at the defense contractor, we were making missiles, which is an important part of our national defense. But to me, I couldn't quite get my arms around that one. So I just love the fact that, that what we're creating is the future, the future that's going to actually take care of us. So it's very important. Thank you so much for being part of this. And I, I know everybody's excited about next year. So when do you actually inherit the mantle? When does it actually become official? That's uh, tomorrow at 530. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, congratulations, and everybody's thrilled that you're stepping into this. So I'm going to turn to Arch. So we're skipping the next generation. We're going to the third, right? right. So you got, you got a couple of years to think about this one in terms of where you're going. So actually curious, as you think about this next year, what's the role of the uh, two years out? What is the focus of the role in terms of how you structured this governance-wise? The way that the bylaws are structured, uh, my position actually is responsible for the program for the upcoming annual meeting. So as a result, I'm chair for the program committee for Seattle. Well, that's pretty exciting. So you, you, you're making Seattle happen next year. So when you think two years out, are you already starting this conversation in your own head? Like, all right, when I'm president... When I have to really sort of own it that way, where does that, where does that lead me? Or are you able to sit in what's happening today and not even have to think about that? I would say that I would build upon the foundation that was established by the, uh, the, the current and past presidents because we really do have, I think, a very exciting and really it's a growth phase for Wakubo. Uh, if you look at the quality of our offerings, I think has really exceeded many people's expectations, which was really only a result of the investment that people have made into the organization, both from the membership side as well as from the business partnership side. And as a result, I do feel that we have elevated the quality of our offering such that people really can feel a sense of this is really growing and really developing in a way that's really outstanding. There's been a spotting of Robert, Robert Moore, who is going to be joining us right now. So thank you for joining us. What we're talking about now is basically the, what is it that, as we think about inheriting the role of, of, of being president, but our current role, what about this is special for you? So, so if you'd be willing to share for you, what is it like for you sort of being in a role of, of service 
to Wakubo as you think about two years from now, right? That's going to be not this year, but the year after you will be the president. So what, is, what does service mean to you here? It's a, um, a wonderful profession that I somehow stumbled into. And how can I help others find that same opportunity? Or, uh, and how can I help them understand what's in front of them? And also, we're, I, I'm really interested in how can we help bring diversity to the Wakubo program. And that we're working hard on that this year, and I think we'll work hard on it every year. And so how do we create a more inclusive culture? And geez, if I could bring other people in and create an inclusive culture at Wakubo, good, right? Exactly. Yes, okay. So, Teresa, what about you? So what year will you be? <laughs> what year will it be? So I will be president in the year 2020. Whoa. That's a pretty big milestone year. Yeah, it's a great year, and I expect everything to be crystal clear by then. <laughs> so when, when you think... When you think out that far, you know, it's interesting. When I think about working with universities and talking about strategy, whether it's association or universities, and we think out to 2020, in some ways it used to be 2020 is light years away. And even though it's around the corner, things are, st- are now accelerating even faster. So when you think about what you envision the associate, do you have any view of what in 2020 you hope – this association is actually able to do in in the world or in the in the region that is well when i think about what i'm passionate about um i'm the immediate thing that comes to mind is that i'm passionate about people and i know that the businesses that have the highest engaged workforce have astronomically improved success rates over 200% more successful than those that don't have engaged workforces. So for me, what I'm hoping to see at that time is that we've really figured out the best way for higher education to engage the workforce in what we're trying to accomplish. I'd also imagine that you're going to find that we all know that the, the succession of retirements of business officers, it's almost like at that point we're going to start to really see the shifting nature and then having to serve a millennial generation who's going to be stepping into leadership roles. Are you already thinking about that? We think about that every day. And I hear that also from my, my leaders, my supervisors. They're, they're right now grappling with a new generation of employees. And they have to work with them, respond to them, and actually mentor them in different ways. It's very exciting. And it's something that we are all thinking about as we think forward into the future. So that the rest of us can eventually retire, right? Because <laughs> we do want to eventually retire. So I asked the first group this question, and I think this, was, um, this is true for all of us. And it's not about being president. It's about serving. What is it that you've learned or are learning? Because you've signed up. It's, it, I'll tell you something. What, what I'm impressed with is that you've signed up for this four-year term. So, right, you've, you've actually committed. It's probably six, been longer than six, six, years. six years. So what's impressive about that is that you've got the level of commitment and the infrastructure to actually have that kind of leadership which most associations don't have i'm not talking about ikubo or the regions i'm talking about outside of these regions so when you think about what this is giving back to you in your role at work 
I, I think this is priceless skills development to volunteer. And I'm curious, what are some of the things you're learning that you're taking back to your that you take back to your institutions just from being in the role of having to lead and influence others? Would anyone you like to answer that question? So I think our our goal is to inspire and inform people who attend. And if I get inspired and I go back, then that's really beneficial to me personally, but I hope also the institution. I find, Robert, that when you leave these, you go back? Because Lynn Schaefer says she goes back, and her, and her, her team says to her, now what do you want to do differently? It, right, that you bring this new level of energy after coming to one of these sessions. It's new energy, but there's also ideas or... I mean, you listen to Condoleezza Rice talk about the impact we can have on people we educate. And just you think, if I can just do one more thing to help on that goal, I'll, I'll do it. Well, I think Teresa really hit the nail on the head in terms of we have to make sure that our staff, the people that actually are the front lines, the faculty, feel empowered to be able to do their jobs and feel like there are growth opportunities that can really develop. Because if they're not happy, the students who are our ultimate client and you know, customer, they're going to feel that too. So first and foremost, we have to make sure that our employees feel valued, feel respected, that they are, you know, what uh, Dr. Morishita talked about. They have to feel a sense of integrity and trust by the organization. And that's what I feel that this association has really done for all of us, is that, you know, we rely upon each other and we can only do this together. So I'm going to answer it in two ways. First, um, when I think about Wakubo, I think of the most amazing organization. A lot of really talented people have put a lot of thought into designing a model of governance that will live on and keep the professionalism of Wakubo moving forward. So it's something that I'm really pleased to be a part of. Now, in terms of my personal reaction to being asked to, to contribute, many years of my life to this, my first reaction <laughs> was to think, you know how much I have actually gotten from Wakubo and the, the years that I've put into it. I've done things that I wouldn't in a million years have thought that I was capable of doing. Give us some examples. This is great for people to hear this because we have a lot of listeners, by the way, that will tune into this, that, will, uh, that are business officers to be, or, or they're doing it and they're looking for ways to be innovative. So what are some of the things that you've learned? So the very first thing was that I was asked to do was to be part of the program committee for the Portland annual meeting several years back. And at first I thought, what do I know about speakers? What do I know about what would make a good event? But I just started to research it and I worked with the program committee at the time and I learned and then we actually ended up developing a really marvelous program that year. At the, for this year in San Francisco, I'm a budget person and I'm putting on a giant party an educational party, but a giant party. But I learned how to get the folks together that could do it with me as a team well. That's great. Both marvelous learnings. You know, so I think that as time goes on, this conversation around innovation is going to only increase. The, the idea that we need to really see innovation, not only in our institutions, but the associations, and innovation about relevancy. When you think about knowing that you've got this window of time before people, you have the opportunity to say, this is how I want to do it. When you, what does innovation mean to you as you think about the association serving the larger community? 
because I think that's at the heart of what many of us struggle with is how do we get out of this is how we've always done it and really do things that impact the people we're trying to serve. So what, when you look at that, you've got a little window of time here relative before you're president. What's your thought about innovation as it relates to the association? Part of it is if you look back on the past five years and how we did things then and how we do things now, the change is phenomenal. So it's lucky to be part of an organization that's willing to change. And therefore, how do you advance that? And I don't have a clear vision, um, but I do have a clear vision that the people in Wakubo are capable of doing that. And if we, if we give everyone an opportunity to contribute, we can do that. But I'm, I, I don't think it's me, I think it's everybody. But I think you have to create a way that everybody feels they can speak to that and help with that. It's not about the innovation. It's about engaging people to think about themselves as innovators. Engage them in being part of this. So when I think about innovation, I think what's really important is that innovation is going to come from people that we don't even know yet, that have the ideas. So we have to enable them to feel empowered to be able to speak up, to be able to really share. I mean, it's probably coming from the millennium generation. I mean, who knows where it's going to come from? But we have to be able to give them the avenue by which we train them to really open up their, their thoughts and their patterns to really be able to provide those solutions. I want to add in that one of the great sources of innovation, creativity, and advice for us is our business partners. So one of the really fun things about Wakubo and the Wakubo organization is the close ties we have to the business partners here in the Business Partner Showcase. We get a lot of great input, great advice from the people that we work with every day. So I'm going to ask you one final question here because I know you've had a chance to both oversee the, the conference but also to be part of sessions. What's one takeaway that you're going to bring back to your institution that you either got from a session or being involved with others that, would, that, that you say, you know what, I'm going to bring this back to my institution. So I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but what is something that is uh, that you feel like, i got to bring this back to my team either as a mindset or a conversation or a way of doing something different that I got out of this today or I got out of the conference so far? One of the things I really loved was hearing Dr. Leroy Morishita talk about his career path and that everyone has an unusual career path. And for him, it took him from being a financial officer all the way up to being the president of a university. That's something that we don't always think about when we're thinking about where we might end up and what steps we might want to take. So I, I will take that back to my team and say, you can go wherever you want to go. So I think Dr. Rice also em empowered us to say to our students, we are not here to make you comfortable and happy. We're here to give you... We're here to give you an opportunity to learn and develop, and there will be struggles, and good. There should be struggles, yeah. I would say the one thing that I would take away from the sessions we've seen so far is something that was said uh, by Dr. Rice during her talk, in that she basically said higher education is about trust, that we're all in this together, and we're only going to be as good or as bad to the degree that we can trust one another and grow and develop together. So I really felt that was wonderful. That's beautiful. So, Robert, you didn't get the opportunity at the beginning. We, I, I heard from Lynn Valenter that everybody had an opportunity to opt out, but here, before, like, so this is your chance, and everybody opted in. So, you, just want to make sure you're still in. You're, you're. Okay. So, Teresa says I should say I'm all in. So, okay. There you go. So, I want to thank you on behalf of the region. 
the fact that you have invested your commitment, not just to this, but uh, but to the future. Um, for the association, over the span that you have, it is such a testament to your commitment to the work of the industry. Thank you for the work that you do.